You are Locked On Hawks, your daily Atlanta Hawks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 874 of the Locked On Hawks podcast. I am your host, Brad Roland, coming to you on a Monday evening into Tuesday morning. And thank you, as always, for joining us on the show. Most of today's podcast will be a talk that I had with Harrison Fagan of SB Nation talking about Rajon Rondo. Uh, Harrison covered Rondo the last couple of seasons with the Lakers, and a lot of fun getting into that with him when it comes to off-the-court stuff, on-the-court stuff, leadership, what the Hawks should be expecting from Rondo, etc., etc. And that's a fun, insightful conversation that you'll be hearing momentarily. Before that, though, there is a little bit of news on this fine Monday, and uh, unfortunately, unlike the last couple of weeks when most of the news has been positive for Atlanta with signings, additions, etc., this time it's injury-related. The Hawks announced a trio of injuries in terms of an actual official update on Monday afternoon. One of the injuries, which we already knew about, is a Kongwu, um, the rookie big man from USC, underwent an MRI on November 20th, which we all knew was going to happen after he got drafted. Um, that confirmed what the Hawks are calling inflammation of the sesamoid bone in his left foot. Nothing, uh, I'm not an expert by any means. That's what the announcement said. And uh, the Hawks also said that following a period of, quote, unloading and rest, end quote, he has begun a graduated return to reloading, including form shooting and conditioning activities. He'll be reviewed again on December 11th. So we don't know really too much beyond that at this point in time. But we already did know that Kong was banged up a little bit um, in advance of the draft. So no surprise here. Nothing damaging, nothing to worry about necessarily. Travis Schlenk downplayed it, as did a Kong Wu coming into the draft. So we'll keep an eye on him. The Hawks obviously have every incentive to take it slowly with the guy they just drafted, number six overall. But uh, he'll be out of action for at least a little while longer. When it comes to full-blown workouts, the other two, though, were uh, more surprising. The lesser one to be concerned about right now, I think, this is, again, I think, is Tony Snell. Uh, Tony Snell, who was acquired in the Deadman trade, of course, he had an MRI on November 20th as well. That confirmed what the Hawks are calling inflammation of the cuboid bone in his right foot. And he is also on the same timetable, and apparently when it comes to what he's doing as a Kongwu, um, the Hawks said that he is, quote, having a graduated return to reloading, including shooting, form shooting and conditioning activities, end quote. He'll also be reviewed on, on December 11th. Um, I don't really know much about that one at all. Um, with Snell, we'll see how he is able to play, if he is able to play in the near future. The Hawks are not necessarily relying on him too much, but I think, obviously, Tony Smell pr- provides some real depth. He provides some shooting the Hawks could certainly use. And even if he's not in the rotation on opening night, he's a rotation caliber player, so we'll keep an eye on that as well. And the one that at least I am the most troubled by right now is Chris Dunn. The Hawks gave him, of course, a two-year contract, the second year of which is a player option for Dunn. But he had an MRI on November 24th, which is actually later than the ones for Snell and Okongwu. And that confirmed what the Hawks are calling, quote, cartilage disruption in his right knee, end quote. On the bright side, he is able he's actually already able to participate in quote modified individual workouts, end quote. So that he's that seems to be a little bit ahead of where Snell and Kongwu are. At the same time, Snell had a injury to the same to the same exact knee last season with the Bulls. He missed the end of the season with a sprained MCL in his right knee. The Bulls announced in mid-February that he'd be actually out and reevaluated in four to six weeks. Then the season happened to end at that point in time, so then you get into sort of a gray area there. But he last played in a game on January 29th. I think it obviously seemed to be pretty, uh, you never want to say minor, but somewhat minor in that they announced a 46-week timetable. So I wasn't, I wasn't necessarily concerned about that knee injury until now. 
at the same time, it's been 10 months um, since he's played in a basketball game, and that's not all pandemic-related. Obviously, he was already injured when the season came down, so we'll see what happens there. We don't know exactly what the issue is. I won't pretend to have insight on that, but because it's the same exact knee, you have to have your alarm bells on a little bit here with Chris Dunn, even if... Again, he is already participating in modified individual workouts, so he seems to be at least doing some work. That's a positive in a lot of ways, but we'll keep an eye on Chris Dunn, obviously, in the future. And, you know, I guess on the bright side, none of these three guys are projected to be, you know, starters for this team right now, but at the same time, all three of them could be rotation players. I think Akongwu and Dunn are projected to be, and then Snell sort of on the outside looking in of that, but still... These are three key pieces in some to some varying degrees for this Hawks team, and uh, that's the latest right now. The Hawks should be speaking to the media a little bit more as the week goes on, as workouts approach. As we talked about on yesterday's podcast, team workouts cannot start until the weekend, but individual stuff is already can already start to be happening this week. So we'll have some media availabilities, etc., and I'll keep you updated on the latest there. Okay, before we turn it over to myself and Harrison talking about Rajon Rondo, a word from our sponsors on today's podcast, and the first of which is Built Go. Whether it's a mental wall or a physical wall, I can break through it right now with Built Go every single day. And Built Go is a healthy replacement for your energy drink, but energy is anything but fake. Instead, it's both lasting and it's natural. Built Go is easy to take a one and a half ounce packages. You can put it in your briefcase, your golf bag, or your pocket, get you through whatever you're facing today. Built Go is essentially a five hour energy without the same feeling of a crash. Plus, it's natural and it's better for the body as a result. And there are three delicious flavors to choose from in chocolate mint, peanut butter, honey, and chocolate coconut. Bogo is loaded with the good stuff to ignite your work. Listeners to the podcast will perhaps know that I have multiple jobs that I have to tend to on a regular basis. And sometimes... And a little bit extra to get through the day and the night, but Built Go is a fantastic solution to break through my own wall in order to try it for yourself. Visit BuiltGo.com, use the promo code LOCKED to get 30% off your next order. Use promo code LOCKED for 30% off at BuiltGo.com. Let's go. I am joined now by someone who just got finished covering Rajon Rondo and a, uh, I would say an expert, a qualified expert on the Los Angeles Lakers and by proxy, recent times of Rajon Rondo. I'm joined by Harrison Fagan. Editor-in-chief of Silver Screen and Roll. Is that, is that, is that the correct title for you, Harrison? Yes, that, yes, that is. Thank you, Brad. I'm uh, I'm actually, like I said before we were going on the air, there's only so many more times I'm going to get to talk about the legend of Playoff Rondo. So I am like, I, I'm happy to do it because, uh, you know, it was a fun end to a very weird journey with the Lakers. Yes, I uh, I believe that wholeheartedly. And we'll get into Playoff Rondo <laughs> for sure in a second. Um, I, I do have to ask you, just broadly speaking, and take us wherever you want to, what was your reaction when you saw two years, 15 million for Rondo in Atlanta as someone who just covered him? That's a lot. <laughs> that was uh, that's a lot. And my second thought was probably good for Rondo. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I think, you know, the writing was on the wall that he had a big offer coming when he announced that he was leaving the Lakers before he even was announcing which team. Um, and, you know, the writing had been on the wall here for a while that it was probably going to be the Hawks or the Clippers and the Lakers just probably weren't going to pay him the raise that he was seeking. Uh, you know, justifiably so after his playoff performance. I don't blame him for trying to cash in on, uh, you know, one more long term deal. And, you know, in the larger picture, I guess my. My fear for Hawks fans would be or my warning for Hawks fans would just be and for people like you who are going to watch the team like, you know, just get ready 
for like the level that Rondo did not care on defense last year during the regular season was already kind of astounding. And so after the longest season in NBA history and him coming into a regular season team, I don't know, maybe like if for a team in the middle of a playoff push, he will try a little bit more. I just would say be wary of regular season Rondo. There will be nights where he infuriates you by like, you know, just gambling for a steal and then like not getting back and or not really playing that attentively on defense or throwing turnovers that you're just like scratching your head going, what are you doing? Like, and it's not that he's a bad player. It's just that he kind of uses the regular season to experiment. And like you start to see the fruits of that during the playoffs. It has been my experience with Rondo for covering him for two regular seasons where we were like, okay, this guy's washed. He's just bad now. And then watching him flip the switch in the playoffs, he is a guy that is going to be much more valuable to your team if you're able to, you know, make a run for the eight seed, seven seed, six seed. You know, I don't know where Hawks fans are targeting in the Eastern Conference, but able to get into the playoffs. That is where this would pay dividends for you, ultimately, as far as on the court. Yeah, and that sounds like what I have heard and observed as well. Um, you know, we can get into, and I want to get into what he actually is capable of bringing, but the, the playoff Rondo versus record season Rondo split is not a myth. Um, I know people, I think I've heard from, from some Hawks fans that think it's overstated. I don't think it is. It sounds like you don't either. Like it's No, <laughs> I, was, I was driving the this has to be overstated bandwagon. I'm like, okay, I understand that he has played well in the playoffs before, but that was years ago. And have you seen this guy this year? Like, uh, you know, I was leading, or, I, you know, I, I Anthony Irwin was leading. <laughs> Rondo's washed and like I believe he are he wrote an article arguing for the Lakers to cut him at one point um and like that's how but he was that bad during the regular season he was taking up minutes from uh you know like more valuable contributors like Alex Caruso and you know Lakers fans were upset and you know like he the what he turned into in the playoffs was genuinely a guy that like I think KCP was probably the Lakers third best player for the playoff run but you could make an argument that it was Rondo and it certainly was Rondo in multiple games throughout the playoffs and like it's just like it was night and day what he was where he was an actively detrimental player in the regular season to what he was in the playoffs where he was like at a borderline all-star level he actually set a record for the first time since starts were tracked like he he had the most assists off the bench and that was not even playing in the first round yeah I mean I think it's that's not even up for debate frankly and this is someone who as someone who's not over the moon about this signing and I've said it before on my podcast before I bring you in here um he was you know capital g good in the playoffs last year like you can't really talk around that it just that that happened so if you want to believe in that if you're, if you're choosing to believe in that being uh something that's definitely going to carry over Godspeed to you, uh, for sure. It's definitely possible, I suppose. But he was good, and that's worth em- emphasizing because you know it did just happen. It's what we all just saw. But I mean, he was super valuable to, to a uh, title-winning team. So if you want to bake on that, I get it. Yeah, and it was like in a total. He was a totally different player in the playoffs than he was in the right. Like, I, like I said, I thought it was a myth before. I do not anymore. Like, it is a real thing where he is more mentally engaged, and I think you see some of the benefit of his basketball IQ in those series as well, playing the same opponent multiple multiple times in a row. And I do wonder if the Hawks, you know, since they're they're gonna have more games that are kind of like playoff games in the regular season because they're going to be chasing one of these seeds and fighting for seeding the whole way. Like, you know, when you're having these series that we're thinking that we're going to get against teams very, you know, like to uh, cut down on travel and all of that stuff, like maybe you do start to see some of the benefits of that playoff Rondo type thing when you're in like, you know, the second game in a row, third game in a row or whatever against the team. 
Yeah, that all sounds right. Um, before we dive in a little bit more to like the leadership stuff and offense and defense and all of that, I want to take a second and hear from our sponsors on today's podcast. All right, Harrison, uh, I want to ask you, because part of the selling point that has been out there, even through the back channels and the reporting, is that the Hawks want um, his veteran presence, his locker room leadership. Um, that's something that you certainly would understand as a guy who has pedigree, a couple of championships, uh, former All-Star, all that stuff. At the same time, he's not always been beloved. I think Dallas people will tell you that it did not go well there, for instance. Um, no. Uh, that's, that's one thing. So I'm going to ask you just open it up like what was the reputation for Rondo in LA it's, it's very different than Atlanta because you're playing alongside LeBron and a lot more veterans but the Hawks are going to be trying to win now so what's that seem like from your end you know I, I think I don't know if I can overstate how beloved he was as a teammate like literally everybody in the locker room liked him and, and it's interesting because Rondo's reputation is as a fairly like you know somewhat surly guy like he has a rep for being difficult to coach and all of those things like I, I thought that his relationship honestly with both Frank Vogel and Luke Walton was really good and I think some of that is just the growth of Rondo as a person him getting older maturing also realizing where he's at at the league in the league where like you know if he wants to play he's going to have to get along well with the coach like it's not like he's clear-cut one of the best players anymore uh you know where like he was earlier in his career where he could fight with doc and be a little bit more headstrong and stuff like that like you know now he kind of has to have that relationship but he was an incredible for both years in la uh you know almost extension of the coaching staff in terms of the messaging that they were giving which is something that i think will be even more helpful to a young team but that was something that the lakers got the benefit of a little bit you know obviously you know, the first year of LeBron, first year of Rondo did not go how the team would hope. But, you know, the way that Rondo was kind of kind of staying on message with what the coaching staff wanted, kind of holding the young guys accountable and working with them and how he was like, you know, he would Kyle Kuzma would talk about how Rondo would just sit with him and watch film and basically help him make adjustments and stuff. And I know Kyle Kuzma is probably not someone Hawks fans think of super highly. He was really good during the first year of Rondo and he credited Rondo for helping him make some of those adjustments. Alex Caruso this year made strides, I would say, as a floor general. He's still not a guy that you want to have, like, you know, handling the ball every single possession or in key moments by any means. But he started to make better decisions as far as avoiding turnovers and making reads and stuff like that. And he credited that that was something Rondo was doing while he was out of the bubble with a broken hand. He was sitting and breaking down film with Alex Caruso on, I would assume, Zoom or, you know, some video <laughs> program like that and texting him tips after games and things like that. So, like. He is the consummate, like, best teammate I think you could ever ask for. Even going back to, like, this is something I would talk about with Sean Hyken, who covered Rondo with the Bulls. Like, when there was the whole mutiny there again, from the young guys against Jimmy Butler and Dwayne Wade, Rondo stuck with the young guys. And so, like, I, I think someone that clearly is a student of the game, values helping younger players that really want to learn, I think that's going to be honestly invaluable and probably the best part of this signing for this Hawks team is just getting Trey Young watching film with Rondo, I think will help him. And Trey's obviously really good already, but I, I think Rondo can help him make some of those next steps in his development. And maybe I'm wrong, but like he did, like he attempted to take Lonzo Ball under his wing. He would, he, you know, he would work with all of those young guys, even Avica Zubats. He would stay afterwards working on pick and rolls and stuff with him and his timing. And that was uh, part of Zoo's breakout with the Lakers last season. Like he is a guy that will help every single young player on that roster if they want to learn. 
Yeah, and that sounds like what I've heard as well, but that's even uh, even more encouraging, I'm sure, for Hawks fans to hear that because, you know, Rondo, like you said, there's a rep somewhere around as a surly figure in some ways. Also, though, I've heard from people and, and um, you know, both um, in the league and out of the league, like he is beloved by players and that, that does matter. And that's one of those things that I think Hawks fans can hopefully hold on to as a selling point for this because of, you know, the on-court stuff is at least up for debate right now as of what they're beginning. But if nothing else, and the Hawks are also suddenly incredibly deep, so if it does doesn't work on the court um you know how rondo will uh love like not playing a ton is maybe up for debate i don't know how that's gonna work what do you, what do you think about that i guess since we're here what happens if he's not good on the court and the hawks choose to not play him very much is he gonna handle that okay you think yeah you know I, that's something i don't even know because the lakers never did it like yeah. even when he was bad on the court they continued to play him and frank vogel would talk about the swag that he brings and all this stuff that's like not captured by the analytics and it's like okay like at some point you'd want something to be captured by the analytics right like, <laughs> yes and you know eventually it, it was in the playoffs when he kind of turned it up and flipped that switch but you know like I, I don't necessarily know I would imagine that he would handle it re- like okay at this point in his career especially if it's like clearly like okay like let's say the Hawks are out of the playoff picture and it's like okay let's play the young guys and really let them develop I, I can't imagine that he would like take super offense to that especially with how much he's being paid but at the same time like I would imagine that even if he's not great, he's someone that the coaches are going to keep on the floor because he is the type of guy that coaches love. Like they, his mistakes are errors of like, they aren't errors of not reading the scouting report. They're like errors of being older or errors of, you know, just trying stuff or whatever. Like, you know, I would imagine, I have a hard time believing that he will fall out of the rotation, even if he's bad, but that might just be because Frank Vogel and Luke Walton stuck with him, you know, no matter how he was playing. I tend to agree, by the way. And also, um, the, the Hawks kind of famously now have a ton of depth as we speak. But Reynolds not a guy that's going to command a ton of minutes always. And he's a guy who's also been hurt a decent amount. Like, he's an older player. That's just what happens. You're not going to expect him to be, play every night. He will have one random hand injury at some point this year. He's like, his hands are always somewhere. And, like, you know, that's how he broke it to start the bubble. Like, he ended up, he broke it on the floor last year. Like, he punched the floor or something like that. Like, he, you know, he always ends up getting his hands caught in between screens or stuff like Like, he will at some point this year miss a couple games with a hand injury, I will predict. And that's not me wishing for it or anything. He just, he's his hands are always in somewhere that shouldn't be and occasionally that doesn't work out for him yeah that sounds right um before I let you get out of here, we, we should talk. We should talk about some offense and some defense stuff on the court. So let's start offensively. Everyone knows he's a good passer. That's his claim to fame as an offensive player, even now. But um, I guess beyond that, or even with that, what what should Hawks fans expect from Rondo offensively? Um, let's say if it lands somewhere in the middle of regular season and playoffs, but like regular season wise, let's, let's just focus on that for now. What is he on offense in your in your mind, especially as a backup point guard? So he has value in that he's someone that will push the pace a little bit and like keep, you know, like at times, like when it's necessary, like he was did a really good job of that in the, for the Lakers in the playoffs. But at the same time, he is also a guy that there are times that were during the regular season. He was a guy that had a reputation as a pace killer. So I don't really know where that will land in the Hawks. But like he is someone that is incredibly capable of pushing pace when he wants to and is asked to, which can be a valuable thing. But he's also I, I think his preference is to handle the ball set up a set all of that stuff in general and that was something that would sometimes kill the Lakers flow at times last year he has become a better and more willing three-point shooter but during the regular season that doesn't always show up or at least it didn't here so like I don't know again I don't know where that will land with Atlanta but like 
in the playoffs, he at least showed that he was someone that was willing to take an open three if presented. I don't know if that was just playoff Rondo or if that is a meaningful evolution in his game from watching some film and stuff like that. Again, like I don't know, but he is someone that is at least capable of hitting threes at a decent clip, especially like standstill threes or taking threes when the defense backs off. Like, you know, he can have value in that respect. But again, like I would also prepare yourself for there are going to be passes that he throws that you just ask yourself, like, what the hell was he even thinking? <laughs> and like, he, it's just going to happen. Like, that's who Rondo is. He experiments that that's right. Re- that is regular season Rondo. And there will be games where he kind of like turns the ball over and his kind of lackadaisical defense ends up playing the Hawks out of it. If he doesn't get benched like that, that will happen at points this season. So just like prepare yourself for it. But there will also be games where like fueled by pure hatred, he will put up like 30, 10 and 10 against the Suns because he hates Chris Paul. And so like, you know, there, there are going to be random games where I will just say, prepare yourself for arguments. There are going to be a lot of, there are going to be games where Rondo is good and everyone's like, this is what they signed him for. And then there are going to be five games where he's not that great. And everybody's like, see, he's killing them. And so, you know, I, I would just say, get ready for a polarizing up and down Rondo experience. Yeah, that's basically the first thing I said when I when I talked about the Rondo signing once it was over over the weekend. You're going to be arguing about him all year. Yeah, that's just and that already started. I mean, I mean, I'm not I'm not kidding you when I say when I when we were all tweeting about the uh, reported signing when it happened, I would say 95% of the reaction was either visceral hate or really really excited and nothing in between and that's yeah. just kind of a good foreshadowing i guess from what that, you're saying that's the Rondo experience in a nutshell yeah you're gonna be that's gonna be all year all two years that he's with you guys if he makes it through the whole contract uh, there you go um okay so obviously the big thing that uh, i would say in, in addition to the veteran leadership stuff locker room stuff the hawks just haven't had anybody that can run a pick and roll can run a second unit and kind of just be a backup point guard they haven't had that guy says Jeremy Lin, which is like a year and a half now. Um, I forgot he even played for the Hawks. Yeah, <laughs> they, they, they brought in Jeremy Lin to be like the, the co-guy with Trey as a rookie. And it, it worked out okay, actually. Jeremy Lin was okay. He wasn't great. But, oh, yeah, Jeremy Lin's a nice player. He, but, he's yeah. fine. But since yeah. then, they have not, they've literally had just nothing behind Trey. So that's part of the uh, investment, too, in Rondo. But, okay, you mentioned this before. I got to ask you. Defensively. So he has this rep in some circles as this really good defensive player. I think he was probably even overrated in his prime defensively. Um, yeah. But r- regardless, you mentioned this before, his effort level is not the great in the regular season. Can you just explain to people what they're getting defensively? Because that's, I think, probably the number one misconception that I have seen is that Rondo's still this really good defender. And that's just not a thing that exists right now in the regular season anyway. No, it is not. So, like, again, this is what, again, with the caveat that maybe he turns it up if the Hawks are, like, hunting yeah. for a playoff seed. He realized, you know, like, and he gives you something of what he gave in the playoffs, which was really great effort on defense. He wasn't always good, but he gave, like, great effort. During the regular season last year, I would say that his defense was, like, so bad that you were almost in disbelief at, like, what, again, it's like the turnover thing. It's like, what is he even thinking? Is he even trying out there? Like, just maddening, like, lack of a rotation, giving up a switch too easily, like, just telling, you know, telling the big man, you handle it like stuff, not fighting over screens like, you know, and the, or gambling for a pe- for, you know, a pass he's never going to get to and taking himself out of the play like, you know, but I would say that even with that, 
he still has some value defensively, even if it's not necessarily like as stopping the guy that he's guarding. He is, you know, this goes back to the basketball brain thing where he can call out opposing sets. Like he is a great film watcher and a great guy that like, even if he's getting beat, he knows where the big men are supposed to be. And so he can tell them where to go, where to rotate. Like he will help making those adjustments. But again, like he's not going to be someone that is stopping guys himself. Like, you know, I, I was joking that like, you know, Anthony and I would joke that the only reason he was a better defender in the playoffs was that he was allowed to foul, apparently, relentlessly, without <laughs> uh, getting called for it. There was that one game where they made an almost comeback. The Nuggets ended up winning, but I don't know if you remember this, but in the fourth quarter, Rondo just basically started mugging Jamal Murray every single that. time he had yep. the ball and, like, dared the refs to call it, basically, and they didn't. So, like, if there are games where the whistle's tighter, maybe he has some utility there but he's just like he's not a defensive plus overall by any means like he is probably an active minus I I, I think I said in my post on him leaving like I would not want to be the guy or the team that is paying Rondo to play defense next regular season paying playoff Rondo to play regular season Rondo defense next <laughs> season because like you know with the level that he gave last year after such a long season and like needing some recovery like it's almost going to be like pooped in the fridge and like ate an entire wheel of cheese to use an anchorman reference like level of bad I would expect on defense. Like, yeah. like you're almost amazed at how, you know, like how stuff even happened. See, I'm not surprised by that, but I'm sure some Hawks fans will be surprised to hear that from someone who covered him the last couple of years. Um, I think that on the brighter side, the Hawks are going to try to win and they've obviously done those investments to where I'd be more worried if this was a year ago or two years ago and the Hawks were clearly in a rebuild with nothing to play for. Now, at least they are going to try to win. They're going to have meaningful games. Maybe that will help him rev it up a little bit, but I, there I are going to be some other vets to kind of hold him accountable. Yeah. He's going to want to set a good example. Like it might be a little different where it's not an entire team of vets that are like, okay, we get why you're coasting right now. It's not a big deal. Like, you know, he may have to set a better example for the young guys at times and even if that means load managing him sometimes like during games and what or like you know during stretches of the season oh yeah i think they actually they honestly should do that only because i mean they can number one he's not the starting point guard he's the backup and the starter is the best player on the team um, yeah also you have probably more back-to-backs this shortened schedule like you said he played all the way through the playoffs into october um I think expectations should be fairly low is what I would say for his performance in year one regular season um, on the court anyway. I mean, I could be wrong, but it just seems like with everything you've said, everything that I've seen, maybe just not think he's going to be awesome in the regular season. It's, it's all it's all. Yeah, awesome. like I just look, look like I'm a little biased here, like because like, you know, again, I, I've seen the off the court stuff like I've been in the locker room. I've talked to guys about Rondo. I've talked to the coaches about Rondo. Like I honestly think that this is a great signing for the Hawks because he is going to be a guy that is going to help that young core grow. Like he may not be a guy that necessarily like secures you a playoff spot this year or anything like that. But like I think that this is the type of signing that we're going to look at five years down the line where like Trey is getting you know some all nba award or like i mean maybe not mvp i don't know where he's gonna go like he'll be giving some end of season speech and he will thank rondo for helping him you know adjust like help learn to read defenses better or make adjustments on defense and stuff like that like this is going to be the type of thing that helps this young core grow i think more so than a guy who is going to like bring it and like win you a bunch of games on the court yeah and that's why I wanted to have somebody that covered him on in person, because honestly, you know, it's easy to talk about this from a long way away. 
I've talked to people around the league that have covered him, but just hearing it from from you, who has now covered him the last two years recently, the veteran, mature edition of Rondo, I wanted to make sure people heard that. So that's part of the reason why I asked you to come on, but I appreciate that, that insight for sure. Um, before I let you go, yeah, no, I'm happy go ahead. To do it. I wish that I had listened to the people telling me that that's kind of how it was going to be before I started overreacting, you know, while he was with the Lakers. So, like, I'm just trying to pay it forward, basically. Yeah, no, I've heard, I've heard the same. And I, you, you mentioned Sean Hyken earlier. He's a guy I talked to about him as well because I knew he had covered him for Chicago. He said a lot of the same things that you're saying. So that's the consensus. We'll see how that all goes. Uh, if you have any final thoughts, please feel free to deliver them. And if not, please uh, plug yourself. I know you have a lot going on. Yeah, I mean, you can you can find all my work at silverscreenandroll.com. If you want to, you know, if you're a Hawks fan that is interested in Lakers perspective on stuff, then check out uh, <laughs> the Silver Screen and Roll podcast. Um, I'm on that, you know, once or twice a week and uh, we have episodes daily. Uh, silverscreenandroll.com is the website. I would say just final thought on Rondo, like, you know, he is genuinely hilarious, or at least I find his like dry wit really, really funny. Like there are times where, you know, he will like he really doesn't like talking to reporters. So when he he is asked questions, he will make up like basic facts or like, you know, just straight up lie or like sneak things in there that are not true. Like, you know, he referred to LeBron as 47 years old without like breaking a smile and stuff at one point last year. Like he has talked about like committing 30 turnovers in one game uh, when he didn't obviously did not commit that many. Uh, he just has this very dry wit where he states things as facts that like you hear it in the moment and you're like, okay. And then you like, you're listening to it while you're transcribing or you're, you know, watching it on TV later. And you're like, wait a second, he just straight up lied to us or just like made that up. And so, you know, he, he does have that. And it is, uh, at least for me, that became a very amusing running bit of talking to Rondo. Yeah. Hopefully we'll have the opportunity to get to talk to guys in person. I don't know how that's all going to go. And this yeah, year, actually but... that'll be a little different this year, I guess. Yeah. Huh? I mean, we'll, uh, we'll see how he is on zoom. I imagine pretty soon here, but, uh, <laughs> once he's introduced, but anyway, uh, thanks for doing this Harrison. I really appreciate it. It's great insight for Hawks fans to hear. I am sure. And, uh, please check out his stuff. If, even if you don't like the Lakers, um, you, maybe you could hate follow the Lakers. That's a good way to do it. Right. It all counts. Yeah. No, I mean, look, a, a follow is a follow. So, uh, or clicks a click. Like if you want to click on my stuff cause you hate it, that's fine too. I mean, I like to think that I try to take a reasonable perspective on these things, but yeah, you know, like, uh, you know, I, I check out peach tree hoops and stuff like that when I'm trying to figure out and learn about Hawks guys and stuff like that. So we all need that opposing perspective or that local, you know, insight sometimes. Absolutely. Well, uh, check out Harrison's stuff. Please subscribe to this podcast and we'll see you next time.